What is up, everybody? This is the Sharp Angles podcast. This is the Sunday recap edition of the Sharp Angles podcast, reacting to week seven of the NFL season. Had some interesting games, had some games that maybe were less exciting than we expected them to be, but still a, overall a pretty fun week seven. Thankfully, finally, a, a light injury week for week seven. So I've been I've been enjoying that as well. Here to recap with me as they are every week is Curtis Hirsch and Tucker Bagley. Let's get started here with Curtis. Uh, you you have a you have me culpa. You have some crow to eat to Jonathan Gannon after he is he is finally he unleashed Amari DiMarcado. So you have to you have to tell him how much you love him now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely owe him an apology. I wrote some harsh words to him in the waiver wire column during the week. I uh, just didn't Can't understand. Confirm. Can't confirm. <laughs> didn't understand any reason why the Arizona Cardinals would uh, sign a 29. But but I actually had the wrong Williams. It was Damian Williams. He's a, he's in his 30s. Why you'd sign a running back in your 30s off the street and play him in games when you're really just trying to make pastime by? That's all they're doing. And, uh, yeah, I, I trusted he would do the right thing. I know he's in a few of my lineups today. He didn't really break off any good plays, but he put up some points. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. You did the right thing today. Thank you. <laughs> he did. He had 13. He had 13 carries, for 58 yards, four catches, 17 yards. Actually, against Seattle's defense, 13 for 58, four and a half yards per carry. That's actually pretty good. So hopefully we're going to see more of, of DeMarcado moving forward. And Tucker, this is the last week we're going to get to talk to each other on civil terms. It mm. looks like my Astros, we'll see after this is over, we're recording this. Uh, right after the games on on Sunday. So it is 7.30 Eastern time. We do this every Sunday, by the way. So you can go over to our YouTube channel, search Warren Sharp, subscribe, and you'll get it. And so it's before the Astros play in, week, in game six. Uh, the Phillies still have some work to do as well. But it looks like we might be headed on a Phillies-Astros collision course, which means uh, are we even able to do the show next week? Like, what what do we do? do will we just not... We'll have to go through Curtis. Curtis will be the intermediary. We won't speak to each other. Yeah, I just this. I think I'll address everything to Curtis, and Curtis can can read yes. the message. Slight slight problem. I'm at an outdoor hockey game. We we have a a big NHL game outdoors next week, so uh, <laughs> I, I might have to tune in from there to watch you guys come to blows or something just, like that. It's just gonna it's just gonna be a death match. I mean, it's fine. I mean, the Astros the Astros already won one. You know, if we gift one to y'all, I'm not gonna really be that. That I mean, I'd appreciate it. it. That's going to happen, then. then let's make it happen. That'll be a, a load of stress off, off my mind. But sure, sure, if that's going to happen, we can, we can yeah, both no, do our own separate pods in the, same, in the same stream. It'll be fine. Yeah, that'll be great. We'll just talk to camera, straight to camera. No, no, no interaction. I'll, I'll be for that. Um, it was an interesting week, y'all. But I think we have to get started with the Ravens because the offense finally clicked. I've said, I think, two or three times, on this reaction show, I've said it felt like the Ravens offense was sleepwalking through this game. It was definitely true in the Colts game and that Colts lost. It was kind of true a little bit last week in London in the game they they still won, but it, like it felt like they should have they should have maybe done a little bit more with that game. That was not the case today. They absolutely routed the Detroit Lions, a Detroit Lions team that had been playing very well. They beat them 38 to 6. Lamar Jackson was amazing. He was 21 of 27 for 357 yards and three touchdowns, plus nine for 36 and one on the ground. The offense just, it clicked. It was good. And if this is what we're going to see kind of moving forward, Curtis, like 
this team, this team is going to be a problem for the rest of the AFC if this is what the offense is going to be moving for. Yeah, get your Lamar Jackson MVP bets in before those odds change as well. Like it's been a weird start to the season. They started with absolutely everybody on the injured reserve. And the defense has actually held their own, which is kind of crazy. Like Mike, Mike McDonald, he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere next year. You, you just have to assume that. And once this offense, uh, Zay, Zay Flowers, he's what a revelation, man. He He's a fun player to watch. And today they found Mark Andrews. They hooked up again. And there was no crazy drops by the offense today. There was that one game where they dropped how many balls in the end zone. So, yeah, this seven. This, something like that yeah of course they're in the afc so there's about eight other really good teams and when you go over to the nfc there's two and a half so it, the afc playoffs is going to be fun to watch because at all times there's going to be good teams playing you mentioned the defense they they sacked off five times they held them to 5.4 yards per attempt which was actually their season average heading into the game which was tied for first with the Browns. So they're going to be in first place by themselves after this game. They're also top 10 in pressure rate. They had had an easy schedule. They had been getting lucky facing backup quarterbacks. And so we didn't know how real this was. But now that they've done it against the Lions, Tucker, it feels like this defense has kind of proven, all right, this defense is real. And then the offense did it. I mean, this that's that's a good combo. Good offense, good defense. That's, you know, that's all right. To you have. win a lot of football games if you have both good offense yeah. and good defense. I almost feel bad for the defense a little bit because I, I think the story the next couple of days is going to be what a revelation um, that offense was. And it kind of reminded me of the beginning of Lamar's MVP where he just went, you know, absolute bananas the first couple of games and run. Oh, my God, look at this. And I felt that way watching that. Like, finally, this is what we sort of expected from this team, from Lamar Jackson, a former MVP, from a, a you know, a weapons core full of guys who, you know, have big playability and say Flowers showed up again. Mark Andrews got a couple touchdowns and, you know, it just, it finally made sense. There was space for the players to, to operate down the field. Lamar Jackson looked comfortable behind an offensive line that that's finally healthy and, and blocking well. And in a division that I think for weeks we've been kind of talking about, you know, someone needs to just kind of take it. It's been begging to be taken over as all four teams have, you know, stumbled over various weeks. I think this was a huge statement for the Ravens to go out and beat a team who I don't know if people thought the Lions were the best team in the NFC, but there were kind of whispers that I think if they had won convincingly today and maybe the, the Eagles lose tonight or the, the 49ers struggle tomorrow, the story this week is, hey, Detroit is on top. Detroit has a shot to be the one seed in the NFC. And with what the Ravens did today, I, I don't think we're going to be hearing that for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, and I still think Detroit is is good. I had actually moved them up in the top five in the power rankings. They're obviously going to fall back now after this game. This game got away from them. You know, thirty-eight to six. They're not they're not that much worse than the Ravens, but it, it still was a bad loss. And then you look at their other wins. They beat the Bucks. They beat the pa uh, Panthers, the Falcons, the Packers. They obviously have a very good win in Week One against the Chiefs. But other than that Chiefs game, they lost to the Seahawks. They lost to the Ravens. I mean, there is kind of a there is kind of a like question of what what if they played but then you look at their schedule moving forward and i mean they get the raiders they have the chargers uh they have the bears packers saints bears broncos vikings like yeah. they they have a very easy schedule coming up so i'm you know i'm not the lions are going to win this division i feel very confident in that and uh, they're going to be just fine but it was it was a very very strong game i'm more coming out of this excited about the raiders than i am 
disappointed in the Lions. Would I would I probably be the way I go with this? We're gonna get more into week six. Before we do that, though, let me remind you all about the content we're gonna have. Excuse me, into week seven. Right. Let me remind you about the content we're gonna have ahead of week eight. Rich Rebar every single week writes a comprehensive preview of every single game. We call it the worksheet. We have no buys this week, so there's going to be going to be a full slate of worksheets for you this week. That's available as part of the all-access package. Warren Sharp's betting recommendations are available. Curtis's waiver ads are available in the all-access package. So go and check that out. You can use the code ANGLES, and that will get you that will get you uh, 15% off. It actually might even get you 25% off. I So go and check it out. Put an angle. See how much it'll get you off. We'll we'll find out kind of moving forward. But go and check that out for sure. All right, let's move on to some injuries. They There weren't really a ton of injuries. I do think, Tucker, we need to talk about the Bijan Robinson situation because he wasn't getting any touches during the first half, and we were a little bit confused. And then out of halftime, Arthur Smith comes out and says, that he's not feeling very well. It comes out after the game that he had been dealing with a headache situation, which big saying, buddy, I have a headache right now. I don't know what's happening with the weather, but my head is, my head is angry. And so, yeah, so he wasn't feeling great. It's, you know, I don't think it matters much moving forward. I will say that his usage had already been decreasing. And so that made me really worried. But now that I found out it's a headache, I'm not that worried about it. But I mean, it's something at least to mention and monitor. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's just something to keep an eye on. Like, if it is just a headache or flu-like symptoms, whatever it, it may be. Um, but it was weird because he wasn't on the injury report. He was active. I think he had six snaps in the first half and, and didn't even have a touch. I mean, he was a, a distant third. And when you don't have updates like that and you have a guy who was the the, the eighth overall pick in the the you know most recent draft, it certainly is head-scratching. But, yeah, I think it's something where I would be surprised if he's on the injury report on on wednesday this upcoming week i i think he'll be back on sunday and i'll be fine but it's just another wrinkle to the dark hole or black hole that is atlanta falcons fantasy players because once again tyler algier i mean the offense still runs through tyler algier even though you have you know kyle pitts had an unbelievable catch today he only got four targets drake london had 54 yards Cordell patterson got got 10 rushes which i think are more than he had the entire season coming into today it's just weird. Like what Arthur Smith is doing. I mean, they, they won again. Wasn't a all inspiring performance by the offense. Desmond Ritter, I thought managed the game well, but for the most part, it was a really weird performance by them, but they just seem to do that every week. I feel like we're a broken record every week talking about how's this team with so many blue chip talents on the offensive side of the ball. How are they running through Tyler Algier? And they did it again. So I, I mean, last week or two weeks ago, Desmond Ritter had, I mean, probably his best game as a pro, and we gave him his flowers. And then last week, it was right back to being terrible. We we're like, okay, are we right back into this? And then this week, like you said, he was fine, 19 to 25, 250 yards, had a rushing touchdown. By the way, they've gotten him involved around the goal line in the running game. He had a touchdown. His rushing touchdown this game looked very similar to one from earlier in the year, I think. It was the one against the Packers from earlier in the year. And so they've been getting him involved there. And I like that. I think that they maybe should keep trying to do that with him. They're also asking him to throw the ball down the field. His average depth of target's been over eight for like each of the last three games. And so they're asking him to push the ball. They're asking him to get involved. They're trying to open up this offense. It hasn't worked great, but they won Curtis. And I think that they're in first place. If I'm remembering correctly, they're in first place alone in their division. So here we are. The team of short football, we back in on the Falcons. Nah, it doesn't matter. I I can't be in on the Falcons anymore. Like, 
we, we, we have multiple gambling websites. We have DFS. They sponsor this league. Could Art Smith not have mentioned this to somebody this morning? Like, this is paying for part of your salary. That is why the revenue in this league is so high. And you, you didn't have the decency to tell anyone. I didn't draft a lot of Bijan because I just, I'm not here for the Art Smith experience. But just out of common courtesy, hey, he's not feeling well. His workload might be lighter today. Just, just that would have helped out a lot. And you, you should expect that from in this league right now with the amount of sponsors that are involved with the league that pay attention to these types of things. And and then, yeah, they, they won. He doesn't trust his team to go ahead and get the lead early. He just wants to keep it a one score game and try to win it at the end with his ground game. And they won. That's how the Falcons play football. And yeah, they're going to win that division. If Derek Carr remains Derek Carr, I, I don't think the saints can get there. So the, the, Falcons have enough really good pieces that they can just win these games and their schedule allows them to do it. So yeah, I so, I think they're going to win. I said something kind of quasi negative about Derek Carr on the Thursday episode with Richard. Now you have, and I, I like, I'm no longer, I'm no longer blocked by him on Twitter. And I, I worry that we're headed right back to, to block zone from, uh, from Derek Carr. I do want to mention, first of all, on the headache with Bijan, I guess we do need to look at it. And I, I meant to mention this. Just maybe is that concussion symptoms? That would be the one thing I'd be worried about on this. But it could just be, you know, a headache. People get headaches. It is, it is what it is. I do want to mention on the Bucks, it is wild how bad they are at running the football. I don't know how they're this bad at running the football. And it's and it's, you know, obviously Rashad White was there last year, but Leonard Fournette couldn't run last year. Uh Keyshawn Vaughn had four carries for seven yards in this game of uh, Sean Tucker's tried at various points of the season. He can't run the football. They cannot run the football. And it is, it is wild for one team to be that consistently inept at running the ball. And that means a lot's going to fall on Baker Mayfield. And I mean, he had a decent game. He had 275 yards touchdown and then a, an interception that essentially ended the game late. But, um, but yeah, that they have to figure out how they're going to run the ball. Because yeah. I, I think Baker Mayfield two years is, running now. Yeah. I think Baker Mayfield is one of the unheralded stories that is flying under the radar. The I went to He's look it up well. here this, this afternoon. His yeah. third his third down stats are incredible. This team should not be in a single game because they just continue to put themselves way behind the eight ball. And yeah, they what have they averaged per run today? I think uh, Rashad White was like he, one yard per run or something like that. It, he he had a single digit if. Uh, success rate today single digit success rate that and they continue to do it they ran the ball 20 times just just pass the ball get get Rashad White out in open space if you have to because this is now two years five different running backs that they've tried to carry the ball with there's there's clearly some sort of blocking issue the offensive line stop trying to run the ball and maybe develop a pass happier game script and Baker Mayfield I I don't didn't think highly of Baker Mayfield coming into the season but he's actually played really good and bailed them out of a lot of trouble this year yeah and the thing about Baker was I know last week he had been playing above his head um under pressure which is not something he's ever been good at in the NFL it kind of came back a little bit 
to to earth last week. I'm interested to seeing the pressure stats. Obviously, right after the games, we're not we don't have access to that kind of more advanced data, and so I'll be interested to see his pressure. But just watching this game, I, I thought that he was fine again this week. Uh, you mentioned the stats; they they had 20 rushes for 73 yards, 3.7 yards per attempt. 32 of those yards were from Baker, Baker Mayfield on three carries, and so the running backs averaged 2.6 and 1.8 yards per carry. So yeah, doing great. Keep that up, Bucks. It's it's really going well. Let's move on to Deshaun Watson, who had um, a very bad day, I think was what you would say about Deshaun Watson's day. Uh, he went out, he started the game with his shoulder injury, could do absolutely nothing. It was just awful. He was one for five for five yards and an interception. He goes down, he gets checked for a concussion. He's cleared from that concussion, but he never returned. I think he never returned because it became clear that he was not going to be effective with his shoulder with that shoulder injury. And Tucker, to me, that says that we're going to get a couple more games here of PJ Walker because he was that bad with that shoulder injury, trying to play through that shoulder injury um, in this game. Yeah. And all PJ Walker does is win, right? If you don't look at the box score, or the tape and just look at the final score, all you know is that PJ Walker came in and, and saved their bacon again. Um, you know, shout out to, you know, my, my fellow temple graduate, but yeah, it was a weird situation, and uh, Kevin Stefanski came out after the game and said it was my decision. I chose to hold him out because I didn't want to, you know, put the franchise quarterback at risk. But he was clearly ineffective before that that head injury. Before he got hit, you mentioned he was one for five with an interception. And I mean, just as a whole, big picture moving forward, if you're the Browns, if you're a Browns fan, kind of where do you go from here? Because the the clock is kind of ticking on whether or not we expect Deshaun Watson to turn back into the guy we saw in Houston three years ago. And if you're Kevin Stefanski, you're coaching to win football games. You're not coaching to make sure the guy making $250 million is happy. So I just wonder what they do with him because obviously I don't think PJ Walker has played well enough to keep this job long-term. Um, he, he's a career backup for a reason. Dorian Thompson Robinson was even worse in his one start. And there's a reason why they're elevating PJ Walker from the practice squad for these games. So Sean Watson doesn't really have any competition when he's healthy. He's going to play, but this is a Browns team that I think aspires to make the postseason. If not this year, then maybe next year. And yeah, if you're Kevin Stefanski and your job is on the line based on wins and losses, I don't know how much longer you can stick with a guy who doesn't give you the ability to win football games. The thing about Watson is this year, they actually have a reasonable cap hit for him. His cap hit this year is $19 million. Next year, it jumps up to $64 million. And it stays there for the next three seasons. He's basically untradeable with his contract. They could try to kick more money down the road with a restructure. Um, but so would I mean, you take that just... if you're Deshaun Watson? Right? Wait, if you're Deshaun Watson take, with all this guaranteed take... money, you sit at home and say, no, I'm coming to work. Well, the restructure will just give him money up front. It'll turn part of his salary into a bonus. So he'll take right. cash flow at the beginning. Yeah, they all, they'll all every player will take that. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's not a great situation. More issues for the Browns with uh, Jerome Ford leaving this game. His right ankle kind of got caught under a tackler. Um, I saw some reports that it could be a multi-week thing. It did not look like a good injury. And I saw that in the show sheet, um, Curtis, all you put was no with a bunch of exclamation points. So uh, I'm guessing this is not going to be great news for you and your fantasy team. Yeah, no, I didn't want to hear that. I'm, I'm a big Jerome Ford supporter these days, but uh, I have enough Amari exposure. So if he could hold the fort down, hey, yeah, I, I was not here to see that. And I didn't like the looks of you saying it was a multi-week thing because 
the running backs are the offense right now. And if it's uh, PJ Walker throwing balls, he, he likes to check down. Uh, it might be time to get DTR some more practice and get, get him working with the ones and not throw him to the wolves 10 minutes before the start. Because yeah, well, Watson word, words don't describe today's start. And he just looked disinterested from the beginning and, I think Stefanski knew his best chance to win the game was with Watson on the on the bench, and you can't say that because you you have a two hundred fifty million dollar quarterback, but he's coaching for his job. And do you want to keep? If you're Kevin Stefanski, do you want to keep that job, or do you want to look elsewhere at some point? Like he's he's got to be thinking that at night because he's won a coach of the year. He could get hired elsewhere at some point in time. Do I want to save my job in Cleveland? And this is what I'm dealing with in that cap hit for the next five years. That, that's a tough, tough decision. This was a really weird game. Like you said, the, the Browns came back and won it on a kind of last second touchdown from from Kareem Hunt, who had two touchdowns uh, on in the game. Uh, you mentioned it, Tucker. PJ Walker, it wasn't like he was great. He's 15 of 32 for 178 yards with a with an interception. He he wasn't great. Um, the defense gave up a ton of big plays. They, it was a wild game. I genuinely do not know how the Browns won this game, but there you go. They won it, and now they're they're four and two, and here we are. I will say, I was I wrote off the Colts last week based on what Gardner Minshew looked like. Gardner Minshew has genuine, generally over the last two years been bad when teams have known that he's going to be the starter, and so last week we saw him be bad as well. He. He led this offense this week. They they were able to they were able to score points. I still don't think Minshew has it, but the offensive system and the offensive coaching staff was able to get players open and create big play situations. And Michael Pittman and Josh Downs and Jonathan Taylor were able to take advantage of those situations. And in the division that the Colts are playing in, they can keep doing that. They have a chance. But I this was a tough loss for them. And Honestly, Tucker, I I have no idea how the Browns won. Like that's just, it's such. A I weird don't game. either. I thought they lost like four times, and even that that final drive where they went on it and scored the game-winning field goal. I mean, there were three or four plays. I think they were in like seven plays inside the fifteen-yard line, and they all stunk. They were all terrible. They got bailed out by an illegal contact penalty. Uh, I believe that was a, a fourth down um, where PJ Walker ended up fumbling, but they they got the ball back and a, a free set down because of an illegal contact on the three-yard line. And you mentioned the Colts. It's kind of interesting because. I'm not a huge Gardner Minshew believer, but you kind of look at the script for today. Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss ran the ball combined 36 times. And I mean, Minshew had one big run. I think he had a 17 yard touchdown. He added another touchdown run as well. Um, I wonder if Shane Steichen, who really ran a, a ground heavy offense with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia with Gardner Minshew as his backup. I don't know if he's going to be running Gardner Minshew like Jalen Hurts, but I wonder if they just lean on that. I mean, you have two running backs right now who are, playing at a, a pretty high level as I see Jonathan Taylor get back and it's not pretty. It's not really effective. Analytics will tell you it doesn't work, but I think the the less you ask Gardner Minshew to do, the better. And right now you've with two legitimate bell cow backs in your backfield. You might as well just keep going to them until it doesn't work. Yeah. And, and to that point from like a fantasy perspective, uh, Curtis, 18 carries for Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries for Zach Moss. I think, I was kind of under the impression that we were we were nearing the end of Zach Moss as a viable fantasy starter. But if they're going to be able to stay in these types of scripts, if they're going to be willing to use both these players, we've seen Moss be used 
more in the passing game previously, although we saw Jonathan Taylor get three catches uh, today and four targets. We only saw two targets for Zach Moss. So it'll be interesting to see how that route split was when we get with the route data. But I don't know. I, maybe Moss is sticking around. Maybe we're going to be I, in this very uh, this wasteland of running backs. Maybe we're going to get to keep using Moss as well as Taylor. If the, this is how they plan to kind of run the offense. Yeah, I, I just keep waiting for it to be the week where they just feature Taylor, but it hasn't happened yet. And Moss could, keeps collecting points on my bench. So one of these weeks, I'll try to put him back in the lineup. But it, it's tough to tough to trust when you have a running back you just paid all that money to 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 have as his backup in your lineup but he does get a lot of passes I know last week he caught I didn't see what he caught today but yeah it's tough to run two running backs from the same team with a lot of confidence but I I think Tucker's right I think they're just going to try to make uh, Gardner Minshew do as little as possible and this is going to be a run hat, run heavy, fast paced offense. At least they play with pace too. So that that's kind of the one thing about them. At least they're trying to have some fun out there and still score some points. And like I said, they they're they created big play situations in in the you know for the offense. We saw a 59 yard touchdown from Josh Downs. We saw a I believe a 75 yard touchdown from from Michael Pittman. Uh, if I'm yeah, 75 yard touchdown from Michael Pittman. So they were able to create big plays and and that's, you know, you like to see that. I actually have a question here in the chat from Bryce thoughts on Amari Cooper. I'm about to give up on him. That offense is so brutal. I will agree with that, but I also will say we need to have a little bit, a little bit longer memory. Remember that he went for four for one Oh eight and absolutely dominated the 49ers last week with equally bad quarterback play. He's going to get the targets. He still had, I believe eight targets today. It's off the top of my head. Let me see it. Yeah. He still had eight targets today. Um, I mean, and they, I'm going to keep the easiest wide receiver schedule moving forward. So I, I was kind of buying Amari Cooper going into this week, thinking the Colts were going to be his breakout game, but it didn't happen. But things should be fine. Deshaun Watson will figure this out, maybe, hopefully, like possibly. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I do think Amari Cooper is good and will get the targets. And the thing about wide receiver is, and Rich and I talk about this on the Thursday episode a lot is wide receiver from, I don't know, let's let's pick a number, 13 to 30. It's just a, a heap of people that get targets and you hope they get a touchdown. And Amari Cooper is probably going to remain in that zone lower than you would like because of the offensive situation, because of, you know, what version of Watson will get if he plays or P.J. Walker, who is it looks like is going to keep playing. Um, or, you know, we'll see what happens with Watson's shoulder. So I understand the trepidation with Cooper. And if you have better options, I mean, that you know, it is what it is. But he's in that group of wide receivers that you're just hoping for the best. He's going to get a lot of targets. He is DJ Moore. Him and, he and DJ Moore are the same to me. They're going to get a lot of targets from a quarterback that you're not trusting. And uh, you're going to have to play him because they're getting all those targets and they're pretty good. And so that's kind of kind of the situ, you know, situation we're in. Um, got him up for a trade for CeeDee Lamb. I'm offering uh, Cooper and Deontay. Yeah, I'd take that. If, if you get that trade, yeah, we'll... We'll do that. Um, that would that would be a really good deal for you. All right. So I guess we have to talk about Chargers and Chiefs. Chargers, um, you know, made a game of it. it. It looked like it was going to be a shootout early in this game, but then the scoring kind of stopped in the second half. Kansas City ends up uh, scoring a touchdown late, the only touchdown of the second half to take the game 31 to 17. I kind of thought going into this game, the Chiefs defense had been playing well. 
Justin Herbert had been struggling a little bit ever since Mike Williams left. I thought that we were going to see more of an under game, and it did actually go under by half a point, but not in the way that I thought it was going to be. The offenses did work early. We saw big plays early, but then in the second half, the Chargers, they couldn't get anything going. Herbert finishes with two interceptions. This is now a few games in a row where we haven't seen the best out of Justin Herbert. He has that finger injury on his non-throwing hand. Um, the Chargers are two and four. I, I'm I'm worried, Tucker. Like I like I don't know if they've got enough. I don't know if they've got enough games left, winnable games left, to even get to nine or ten wins. And if they don't, then I mean we're not looking at a playoff team. No, and and it's funny they showed the AFC West standings uh, at the at the end of the game, and it's funny after the the first Thursday night game, everyone's saying the Chiefs have no shot at winning the division. This is finally the year they'll take a step backwards. They're six and one. I think they have at least a three game lead on everyone else in the division. They might have this wrapped up by Thanksgiving. And the first half of this game, I thought was awesome. Like for a year where we talked about not a ton of quality offensive football, felt like this was going to be, you know, the game of the year. And finally, you know, some, some really, really high quality offense. And it, it kind of petered out in, in the second half. But I mean, what Mahomes did today and what, I mean, I don't think anybody's talking about Travis Kelsey, the football player enough. I mean, he has what, 31 <laughs> years old, 32 years old, and he goes for 12 and 179. I mean, that entire offense runs through a tight end in his early 30s, and it doesn't matter. It's still the most efficient group, um, you know, in the NFL outside of maybe Miami. It, it's crazy just how well that offense runs when those two guys are on the field. You know he's going to throw it to them. Their number two option is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, just what that offense was able to do again today, putting up 31 points, um, it's just it they're fun to watch in a league where I don't know there are a lot of quarterbacks playing at a high level. I don't know if there are a lot of offenses playing at a high level. Chiefs start starting to deliver on a weekly basis now, which is exciting. Yeah, Mahomes ended up with 424 yards and four touchdowns. I'm actually looking at the box score here. Uh, they scored six points in the first quarter, uh, and then they combined for 35 points in the second quarter. Then they scored zero points in the third quarter and seven points in the fourth it quarter. Kelsey so had a, 30 some fantasy points in the first half and then just gonna they that's what the Chiefs are though. They they get ahead of these teams and then they just kind of they get by. They they could win every game by 30 points if pushed, I think, but they know they just once they get ahead, they just kind of make time disappear as well. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just wonder where the Chargers go from here. Because you mentioned, you know, it's getting early late for them. They're two and three. Brandon Staley said in his post-game press conference the team needs to hit the reset button. Unfortunately for Brandon Staley, I think the reset button is no more Brandon Staley. The reset button is you, Brandon. He is. You are the reset button. I don't know. I don't know why you're calling for your own termination. I hadn't heard he said that. What an absurd thing to say for a coach on the hot seat. Why would you ever say that if you know that you've been on the hot seat for 17 games at this point? What a wild, what a wild quote. What I will say, and I kind of wrote this in the power rankings, they get the Bears next and then the Jets. They do have the Lions, but then they get the Packers. Uh, they still have the Patriots. They still have the Broncos. They still have the Raiders. They still have the Broncos again on their schedule. There are winnable games left here for the Chargers. Um, they've kind of had a rough go of it here at the at the start of the year. They could get it turned around, but I am, I am, you know, I am interested to see how long Brandon Staley lasts, especially with Kellen Moore there as a kind of just like plug and play replacement to, to see what happens if they lose to the bears. I mean, that's it. That's, that's ball game. And so it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of watch that moving forward. And you mentioned it with, with the chiefs. I mean, 
that's kind of why I've been a little bit worried about them. They hang on against the Broncos. They hang on against the Vikings. They hang on against the Jets. But you're right. It almost feels like that Jets game was kind of a microcosm of this. It almost feels like, oh, we have to play now. And then they just drive down the field. And Mahomes, what, takes slides down inside the one so they can get out the rest of the clock. And that's the way it goes. So maybe the Chiefs are just kind of on cruise control here. The division, as you mentioned, Tucker, the division is done. And so maybe we're going to see a lot more of a lot more of this here from from the Chiefs. And then, you know, be ready for the playoffs. And uh, I guess spend more time with with Taylor Swift. How many how many every time I looked up, we were looking at her at the box. How many more Taylor Swift cutaways are we going to get NFL? Like, we get it. She's there. She's great. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Question here from Tristan. Are the Bills fraud? That's the next game for us. And what I said in here, that the headline that I have in here is the Bills defense is a problem. We talked about this after they lost Tredavious White. It got worse when they lost Matt Milano. They gave up 5.8 yards per play to the Jaguars. They gave up 4.3 yards to play to the Giants, which isn't bad, but those are the Giants that you gave up 4.3 yards per play to. Then they gave up 6.6 yards per play to the Patriots, the Mac Jones Patriots. They couldn't stop Mac Jones and and Bourne, Kendrick Bourne. That is what they were struggling to stop. Curtis, I think it was you who said maybe last week or the week before, with this team and the window that they're in, they have to go and be aggressive to add to their defense because this defense just isn't working right now. Yeah, I I know that I had texted Rich this morning. We got to play something like, what Patriot do you want to play? Because this defense hasn't been shown what they really truly are They're, they have problems there they're missing a key player on every level and i i had thought that the patriots could put up some points i thought the bills were going to win still but i i wanted to attack that game in dfs because it's just something that i wanted to be ahead of this defense is a problem they they can't uh pressure the quarterback as much anymore and then they've got no corners as well so it they're gonna it's a problem and I, I know Rich has been the one that kind of has said that the offense they're building for Josh Allen is, it doesn't make sense. You have this guy who can make plays like Patrick Mahomes, and yet you want to play him in as small a space as possible. Go go get some field stretchers and let him do his thing because you might need that now. So it, it, it's a yeah, weird they, situation in Buffalo. Josh yeah, Allen they have to open really up good. the offense. They have to move it again. Yeah, Josh Allen's good. But you mentioned the defense, like they gave up. So the Bills go down and they score to take a three-point lead. And then the defense gave up eight plays and 75 yards in a minute and 46 seconds to an offense that had been that had been absolutely inept to that point, to this point in the season before before playing the Bills. It's just it's not good enough. And the offense, you know, scored 25 points. That wasn't good enough, Tucker. Um, they still have the Dolphins in this division. I know they have that win over the Dolphins, but They've lost two of three since then, and they kind of hung on against the Giants. I'm very, very worried about this team and where we're going, and I think they they need to make some changes for sure on defense. Yeah, I think sometimes you can chalk up a game like this to just a, a division loss, right? Like a, a lot of teams lose to inferior division opponents. That's what happens when you play a team twice every year. But it, it was weird because I thought if New England were to win this game today, Buffalo was missing both starting defensive tackles. Ed Oliver was out um, this week. I thought maybe New England could kind of just grind out a win, like kind of just ride from Andre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. And neither one of them had success. They had like 20 carries for 65 yards, something along those lines. 
And New England didn't even control the clock either. And then they lost the time of possession battle as well. They they were able to beat them with a lot of short passing. Mac Jones completed somewhere around 80%, 85% of his passes, didn't turn the ball over, and New England just beat them. I mean, that that's kind of what comes down to it. And it's tough because Buffalo is missing guys at all three levels. We mentioned before, you're missing Tredavious White. You're missing Matt Milano. You didn't have Ed Oliver today. But, yeah, I mean, for a team that's kind of an older team, that may be the, the back half of their, their championship window. And you have someone like Sean McDermott who still hasn't gotten over the hump. And maybe the front office is, is getting a little impatient with him, even though they've had a, a wild amount of success by Bill's standards during his tenure there. I just, I, I wonder kind of how desperate this team is to be successful over the final 10 games of the season. Because so far, for a team that looked like they were neck and neck with the, the uh, Chiefs to, to be the class of the AFC, I mean, they aren't even the best team in their division right now. And I don't think anyone would, would argue that they're close. And they, but they still beat that team that they're not better, that's, probably yeah. not better than. They still smoked them, what, 48 to 20. And yep. that's this season in a nutshell. That is what this season is. The commanders, you just look at the commander's schedule and what they've done week to week. It's the wildest thing. They they get demolished by the Bills. They get they go to overtime with the Eagles. They have random wins thrown in there and terrible losses. And I just it's it's been the weirdest season. It's been the oddest season. And um, yeah, it's just the Bills are another kind of great, great example of this week-to-week nature of the league. You mentioned short passes, and that actually clicked something in my brain. Uh, I want you all to guess what the average depth of target of of um, Tyler uh, Bajent was, or Tyson. <laughs> is it Tyson Bajent? Well, I want you to ask what the uh, guess. In a game the Bears won easily, what was the average depth of target for Bajent this, this week? And, and the Raiders actually had a chance to set themselves up to be in a playoff spot. Like they, they're overachieving. Like this, this season is wild. No guesses? No guesses for what his average depth of target was? Five yards. 2.8. So five. I didn't see. Both went over, but we're giving, we're not playing prices right rules. Tucker wins. Two. Two <laughs> yards. Air yards for target was, was what he threw. And they were able to beat the Raiders uh 30 to 12. What a what a wild game. This is a very, very odd season that we've we found. Um, we're gonna, we need to move on and talk about the Giants a little bit because Curtis has been on this for the start since like the very beginning. Ever since we knew Daniel Jones might miss some time, Curtis was like, you know what? Tyrod Taylor might just be better. And y'all, and you know what? Like he's kind of been better. Can they even go back to Daniel Jones? Like they're going to. Should they go back to Daniel Jones, Curtis? I- no, absolutely not. I, I know. I, I assume the coach feels the same way, but uh, yeah, he, he's the guy you paid all the money to, so he's gonna get the next start, and he's probably gonna feel some pressure to get back out there. But yeah, like, like I like I said, I I really thought Tyrod could could be what this offense was looking for, just because man, Daniel Jones's awareness is awful, and they're they don't they're missing. And once Andrew Thomas comes back, fine then he can probably sit in that pocket and make a few more throws. But right now without Andrew Thomas, you, you got to put Tyrod in there who can just kind of get, gets out and made, made some passes today, uh, unlocked Darren Waller and won the game. It wasn't all that good. They didn't put up a ton of points. It's not really not what the Gi- the 2023 Giants are about, but they didn't won. They won the game. They hung on with the Bills. And you're right. It hasn't been great. Um, Tyrod has two touchdown passes through um through two games he didn't have any against the bills he had two today but he's had 240 yards per game throwing 
Jones in five starts has 177 yards per game with two touchdowns and six interceptions. Uh, it, it, it just hasn't been good. And I think that, you know, it, it's the same. You, you see it with Sam Howell. You can't be an effective offense. And Richard had always writ, wrote that drives, which take sacks are killers. And it's just those sacks that Daniel Jones continue to take. So no, is he playing a lot better? No, but he's eliminating the minus. And that's, that's basically what you have to do right now. And because it's going to be tough to get the ball to your wide receivers with that offensive line, but just yeah, eliminate absolutely. the sack. And and Tyrod's done that, and they won a game. There you go. Uh, they're now uh, two and five, so everything's going great for the 2023 Giants. Let's let's kind of go through a couple of these games. Pretty quick hit. Uh, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. I've been mentioning this for a little bit that I think the Seahawks defense might be good. They were good again. Today, they held the Cardinals to four yards per play. The only thing that kept the Cardinals in the game were three Seattle turnovers, and we've kind of seen the offense be a little kind of back and forth. They didn't have DK Metcalf. I, I think the Seahawks are good. What do you what do you think, Tucker? No, I agree. I think the Seahawks are a team that, even after last year, I thought they were a little underrated, and especially with Geno Smith. It was, yeah, you did it this year, but can you do it again? And I think he's playing probably around the same level as he was a year ago. I don't think anyone's going to mistake him for an all-pro type of talent, but in a league that doesn't really have a lot of great quarterback play, and I think that's a theme that, that we've really seen this year, is there hasn't been a ton of great quarterbacks, even big-name quarterbacks putting up big numbers. What Geno Smith has done has been more than enough to, to keep the, the Seahawks on top, to keep them you know winning football games and winning today, going to 4-2, and two, um, especially in a, a pretty weak NFC. I, I think it's huge. I think the Seahawks are a team that, I don't know if anyone's going to call them Super Bowl contenders or mistake them for, you know, favorites to to play in Vegas in February, but I think they're a team that's a dark horse to at least play on Championship Sunday. Like they could knock off the the Eagles or the 49ers or the Cowboys in, in a, a division playoff game based on how well that defense is playing right now. I mean, what they do defensively, I, I think is is fantastic. They they were great again today and obviously it's against Joshua Dobbs, but he's looked pretty confident for the most part during his time here and the offense has been they held to 19 to 33 for 146 yards i mean what they did against them um today i just thought it was a, another feather in their cap i just think seattle is a better team than maybe what they get credit for right now yeah and i think we'll see you know with cincinnati moving forward that their loss last week to cincinnati wasn't a bad one and they held that offense down a little bit as well and so if the defense is playing well and gino you know gino didn't have a great game but if he's going to be fine then you know they're going to be, they're going to be okay moving forward. The Broncos Packers, the Broncos uh, were in control of this game and then, you know, gave up the lead to the Packers, but then they came back, ended up winning 1917, a bad loss for the Packers, Curtis. And I mean, it's, we were talking about it before we came on. Jordan Love is not it like that, that I believe that that, ha that question has been answered and Jordan Love is not it. It's kind of where I am. Yeah, it, very, very rough to see. And uh, Aaron Jones, once they lost, the season went south once they lost Aaron Jones after he scored that big touchdown in week one. Like, he was their whole offense in week one. And ever since then, it's just been this tire fire offense of just try to make a couple big plays here and there. And if we do, we could score some points or we go three and out and kick the ball and rely on our defense. And yeah, Aaron Jones came back today but he still didn't play a ton and obviously it's still hampering him because he didn't practice all week or he had some limited practices so without him 
yeah, that that it's tough to see because they still they have some nice young pieces. I know this season wasn't geared towards winning, but I I think they could have they should have a few more wins than they do right now. And playoffs weren't out of the question. Maybe they are. It's tough to expect them to get to the playoffs with Jordan Love the way he's playing right now. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, they're not they're not going there. What I I found a stat about them that I found very interesting, which was that they've scored 26 points in the first half this year, which is dead last. And they've scored 104 points in the second half, which is second in the league. And they, for whatever reason, they do not play offense in the first half. And then in the second half, suddenly their offense is not great, but fine. And I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if um, you know, Jordan Love, they're able to get him to make adjustments in the second half and things look better because Jordan Love has, just from my eye test, played better in the second half. I didn't look up those stats. And so I don't know what's going on with this offense. You're right. Aaron Jones not being healthy hurts them quite a bit. But yeah, they've got everybody back now. and They don't have any excuses. And they just lost to the Broncos. Who, By the way, uh, for fantasy people, the Broncos defense has quietly been playing pretty good defense for a few weeks now. So you're, that Miami game, don't let that get stuck too much in your head when you're when you're chasing um when you're chasing matchups a few other quick fantasy things here uh lol lol if you uh spend a lot of fab dollars on zach evans i uh, sorry about about that uh there you go um also you know so daryl henderson I'm, i assume if daryl henderson wasn't picked up by this week by you know anybody in your league i assume we're targeting him in the waiver wire right curtis yeah, I'll have that chat for our waiver wire piece. I was a little hot under the collar this morning because I, I fell for it. I fell for the rookie wish casting. It was never Zach Evans. We'd seen that through. He was number four and he still didn't play. Like Sean McVay clearly didn't have uh, a lot of hope in him because Royce Freeman played every game except this last one ahead of him. So, it, yeah, I, I'm still angry at myself for that one a little bit. Perturbed. One other little fantasy note here before we before we start to get out of here. I want to go back to Bajan. Bajan has thrown 43 passes. 15 of those have gone to DJ Moore. Just a, something to something to throw out there for you if you want to if you want to target DJ Moore. Anybody else on the waiver wire we're paying attention to this week? Before we get out of here, uh, Curtis. Not nothing huge. I guess we'll wait to see what's happened with Jerome Ford. Uh, Pierre Strong will get more action. I don't think Cream Hunt is ready to take over the the full-time role. So strong would give you, give you another few touches a game. And I'm, I'm keeping my eye on Zamir white. Jo Josh Jacobs clearly isn't uh, performing to last year's expectations. And he's on a one-year deal at what time are the Raiders going to bring him back next year? Maybe Zamir white gets a little more run moving forward because that offense is struggled in the run game this year. He did have three receptions today and those downs were always played by Amir Abdullah before. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mentioned Zamir White on Thursday, more of like a wish casting, like, Hey, if this running game isn't working, maybe we, you know, maybe we try something else. All right. What are we looking forward to Tucker? What are we looking forward to this week? Any, anything on the top of your mind? Uh, we get out of this here? isn't something I'm looking forward to. I'm kind of hoping and praying maybe I'll speak it into existence. I just want more consistent quarterback play across the league. Like, I I think I mentioned it a few times today, just up and down the league, even like we said, the, the big name guys, the guys like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. I mean, how many quarterbacks have actually lived up to, to maybe the standard we, we kind of set them at? Like, Mahomes is doing Patrick Mahomes things. Tua Tugabailoa has taken a step forward. Brock Purdy, I would imagine, I think a lot of people. Um, he's exceeded their expectations. 
that's about it. Like Geno Smith. I mean, for the most part, a lot of these quarterbacks have taken a step backward or they aren't, you know, playing well. And I think there's a big reason when we talk about the lack of, you know, offensive football this year, the lack of scoring across the league, the lack of entertaining games. I think it starts with the quarterbacks and just how inconsistent so many of them have been. And I've I've expressed this opinion. I think that the current defensive meta makes it harder on quarterbacks. And I wonder if all we're seeing is that the cracks have been papered over by offensive scheme prior to this. And this has been the level of quarterback play. And we're kind of going back to that point where there just weren't enough good quarterbacks. What I'll say is there, you know, the, this quarterback class coming in is allegedly good. We say this every year, but you know, the people, the people who, you know, actually are watching it say, no, no, but for real this year, this one's good with Drake May and Caleb Williams and uh, Riley Leonard and people like that. And so maybe this is a blip. Maybe we're about to see the kind of quarterbacks flip. We've had a lot of retirements, you know, of really good quarterbacks. So maybe we're going to see this flip and next year it'll be better, but you're right. This year it just hasn't, it has not been good for quarterbacks. What about you, Curtis? What are we looking forward to? Now I did want to shout out today. Some of the games weren't high scoring, but the only real blowout was the Lions. So it, even though the games aren't as entertaining points-wise, at least they were close today. Most games went down to the fourth quarter. You could have picked uh, – a, you didn't know who was going to win, and the Browns won when there's no way you thought they would ever win. So that, shout out to today. At least it brought that, and we didn't get a lot of scoring, but at least we had some close finishes. And, yeah, I, I look forward to tonight, to tonight to see what – two good teams with two good quarterbacks is going to do this is glad this is the Sunday night game and we're, we're due for a good one. And I, I think this one will not disappoint. I think both offenses should cook tonight. But I said I'm that last so as well. week two on one of the games and it didn't deliver. Yeah, no, uh, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of disappointments in these Island games, but hopefully we're going to get another one. You mentioned it, it. It has been, that was the other thing that I've been, you know, it's fine if you don't have a lot of offense, if there's being, if good defense is being played, which that has not been the case this year. That is not why there has been, hasn't been a lot of offense or if the games are close and that also had not been the case. And this week we at least got some close games. We got some exciting games. And so that was, that was fun to watch uh, for sure. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to trying to figure out which teams are good before I write the power rankings this week. Cause I don't, the list is, the list is dwindling of teams. I feel comfortable with in the top 10. The bills have fallen out of that list. Now the lions, are they still in there? I, I don't know. They're going to be in the top 10 because there's nobody else to put in there, but it's rough. It's rough. I just hope we get a good game here for the Eagles and the dolphins. And we feel good about them. That's it for us. We'll be back next week to recap week eight of the NFL season, a full week eight, no teams on by in week eight. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, go to YouTube, search Warren Sharp. You can subscribe. Make sure you go over to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Use the code angles. You can get, uh, you can get some money off of the all access package. Check out Curtis's waiver wire column. Check out Tucker's injury uh, columns that he has out every single week. And we will be back to talk to you next Sunday.